In the beginning was the world. See, you think uh, religion is for suckers and easy marks and mollycoddles, huh? He's just you think Jesus is some kind of a sissy, eh? Jesus had guts. So privileged today to catch up with General David Hurley. Uh, he was uh, born in Wollongong, New South Wales, graduated from the Royal Military College in Duntroon, and is now the head of the Defence Force in Australia. He's also the patron of the Military Christian Fellowship. It's a blessing to have you uh, with us today. How are you today, General Hurley? Very well, thank you very much, and thank you for the opportunity to join you. Oh, it's wonderful to have you join us. And I guess my first question, I'm very interested to know, when you were a little tacker, did you have your own set of little plastic army men and and, uh, and cannons and those kind of things that little boys (laughs) generally play with? Uh, Karen, I have to blush to say I did. (laughs) Line them up against the wall and bowl them over with marbles. Did you, with marbles? So how old would you have been then? Oh, I don't know, six, seven, eight, something around that age. Uh-huh. Did you ever think you would uh, be where you are today? Uh, not at all. Um, I mean, I was—I did join the Army when I finished high school at 18, but it wasn't a, re- a decision I made until really the last year of school. I hadn't thought of it as a career at all up until then. So what was your childhood like as, as a young'un? Um, well, I grew up in a... Um, what the politicians tend to refer to these days as a working family uh, in Wollongong. My dad worked in the, for Lysarts, the Commonwealth Rolling Mills. He was a foreman in a, on a line there. Uh, my mother uh, worked in retail. Um, we weren't that well off, I would think, uh, comparatively. Uh, family of three children went through normal government schools and so forth, uh, so, you know, a, a simple life in that sense, uh, very involved in sport, grew up on the surf down at Port Kembla. Um, so, you know, it, it is atypical Australian childhood playing you know, rugby league, cricket, swimming, school, uh, those sorts of things. That, that was my life. And we hear lots of stories about, uh, you know, in the military, you know, for example, Royal Military College in Duntroon, uh, you spent some time there. What was it like for you uh, attending military college? Well, so you can imagine it was culturally a big, uh, big difference from mm. what I grew up in. Um, so, you know, RMC in those days was a four-year course. Uh, first three years were you an academic degree. We were uh, a faculty of the University of New South Wales. So, I did an arts degree and uh, majored in pure mathematics. Uh, that was the first three years. And the fourth year is really your intensive military training to be a commissioned officer in the army. I'd not been in an all-boys or all-male uh, educational facility or institution before, uh, so that was a bit of a change. Uh, and really moving into that very disciplined uh, approach to, mili- to to life in the military uh, was another big change. Though it was an experience which you grew enormously in and you're always being challenged and you really discover a lot about yourself during that, that journey. So... Uh, certainly I think by the time I'd finished after four years you were a much, much more mature person in comparative to the, someone else who might have been gone through a different route. And I'm reading here that uh, in your early career you were the exchange officer with the 1st Battalion Irish Guards. That's with the British Army? That's correct, yes. Um, my wife and I, I was married by then, so Linda and I um, went across and joined the Irish Guards uh, for just over two years, and we spent five months, first five months in London, and the remainder of the time in uh, a town called Münster or a city called Münster in Western Germany. 
Uh, this was during the Cold War days, uh, Russians across the border, that sort of thing. So it was quite serious soldiering, and uh, but again, another enormous cultural difference. Uh, you know, moving a young fellow from Wollongong, uh, all of a sudden finding yourself out in the household division, uh, landed family and gentry all around you, uh, it was quite... Uh, an eye-opener when we arrived. And so more eye-openers as well in, in Malaysia and then later on uh, as Lieutenant Colonel leading the Operation Solace in Somalia in 1993. How was mm. that for you? Well, you know, as a, as a soldier to lead your battalion, in my case, as an infantry officer on an operation, uh, was something that you all would aspire to or want to achieve in your career. And and it was uh, unique for us in the sense that it was the first time we deployed an infantry battalion out of Australia since Vietnam. So um, although we trained hard in the intervening period, it was a, a deployment over a huge distance across the other side of the world uh, into a culture and environment that we were not familiar with because we really concentrated on Southeast Asia. So it, there were a lot of challenges in that. And the area we arrived in, in a city called Baidoa, or a small township really, I suppose, population of that area of about 200,000. Uh, three times the size of the capital, Australian Capital Territory and I essentially became the military governor for about five or six months in that role as well as uh, ensuring the security of the area so that the humanitarian aid and so forth could be delivered. So it had multiple challenges but a, a great experience. And tell us about your faith. Um, were you raised in a religious upbringing? Was there a conversion experience? Uh, tell us about that. Um, well, as far as I can remember, Matt, uh, I, my family attended church, mainly my mother, not my father. I came from uh, a mixed marriage in the sense that dad was Roman Catholic and my mother was uh, Church of England at the time, uh, now Anglican. Um, that caused family ruptures, as I can remember as a child. The parts of the family didn't speak to each other for a long time, uh, but that was Australia of that day. Um, I grew up going to church as uh, in the Church of England, went to you know, um, the youth groups and all through that process. So throughout my formative years, I was always involved in the church, um, you know, Friday night get-togethers, weekends and so forth. Uh, I drifted, frankly, when I went to RMC. There are a lot of other temptations in life when you get to that age. And uh, it really wasn't until the back end of my time at RMC and then my first year out, then I met Linda, that I really began to focus on what it meant. And uh, and I think there was no sort of flashpoint for me. It just became a point where I gave my life up to Christ and said, uh, this is where I want to be. And, and that was part and parcel, I think, of the influence of the minister who mm. led us through our marriage preparation processes and the decision that uh, the time was right, this needed to be done. And I know you like to talk a lot about spiritual resilience. You know, in the services with the Military Christian Fellowship, uh, you focus on uh, physical and mental resilience and how as Christians we can apply what we've been taught into the spiritual realm. What's the message you bring there? Well, what I, what I try to do is lay out, uh, you know, taking it from the military perspective, uh, I mean, uh, you'll see in my career list there somewhere, I attended the U.S. Army War College and one of the, the descriptors the, the American military uses to describe the future operating environment, you know, the, the context for future conflict, uh, is called VUCA, V-U-C-A, Volatility, Uncertainty, uh, Complexity and Ambiguity. Mm. They're the four characteristics of the environment we could work in. 
And in many respects, I, I try to relate that back to our lives. And uh, in many respects, those are characteristics that I think many people would see in, in the world around them and, and the influences and the difficulties of living a life today and the pressures we're under. And then I link those. So I, yeah, there's a military way of, of addressing those. There's also a spiritual way of addressing those. And I think what the message I try to get across to people is there's an answer to those four characteristics in Christ. So there's simplicity, there's clarity, uh, there's a single message, um, there's a real lack of ambiguity in what uh, Christ teaches us. And if we can understand what he offers in this complex environment that we live our lives in um, and keep building through knowledge, learning, understanding, participation, communion, uh, you can build resist the resilience you need in your life to be a rock in, in the way you do your business and the way you live your life and the way you're an example. So that's the message I try to link for people. And I know you've been involved with the Bible Society Australia trying to encourage people to read the Bible every day and have a daily habit, obviously being a very disciplined man. Uh, do, do you have some kind of daily habit and uh, what what do you do when you, when you do try and get alone with God and, and the Bible? Well, it's... I must say I'm more prayerful than on Bible reading, and uh, and my, if my wife was listening now, she'd be very careful <laughs> listening to my words. <laughs> so I'm probably not the best example in the world, uh, but um, there's always a lot on my mind that uh, and issues I face with that I know that I don't have all the answers for. Mm. So that's important for me in the evening too. Just to have that time of reflection. And so, Linda, your wife and your three children, are they involved with the Defence Force at all? Uh, no, none of them. Uh, not directly. My, obviously, being married to me, Linda's involved sure. uh, in lots of activities. She's the patron of the Defence Community Organisation, <laughs> member of the Army or the Military Wives Choir and a, a host of other things like that. But none of my three children have taken up service. In fact, my eldest girl is uh, in her third year at Moore College in Sydney at the moment, uh, doing a Bachelor of Divinity. Um, so not quite sure where that's going to take her yet. I know mm. we're, we're, we're talking about that. God knows. Uh, yeah, and uh, but no, none of the three have joined the military. Not that I'm disappointed. Uh, I mean, they've got to make up their own lives, so mind about their lives. They would all say, though, I think, I can say with assurance that they've enjoyed the experience of being children in a military family. And I know that you also launched the uh, ADF Faith Under Fire course uh, in July uh, 2011 based on the Centre for Public for Christianity's Life of Jesus DVD. I know John Dixon and Greg Clark have been involved in that. Uh, and uh, it's, a, it's a very big part of your life being, uh, you know, being a, a patron for the Military Christian Fellowship. And you've got this uh, Faith Under Fire course. What, what's that course all about? Well, I was approached... Uh a couple of years back, early 2000, well, in 2010, it would have been by the then uh, Anglican Bishop for the Armed Forces, uh, Len Ecott, uh, and talking about how the the materials we were using uh, when we interact with young people in the, in the Defence Force, talking about the big issues of life, and uh, were dated, and we needed to to update it, and. Uh, and Len came forward to this proposal. He'd been talking to John and Greg about adapting uh, the life of Jesus and using it as the, the basis for a new program to introduce into defence. And uh, I was very excited by that and supportive of it. And uh, over the next year or so, uh, with John and Greg's assistance, uh, we developed that program. And, and now we have a, 
really quite up to date uh, means of getting out and having discussion about the big issues of life with our young people. And it's not so much as uh, you know, trying to uh, convert the ADF into Christianity and so forth, but it's really a basis by which to let young people say, look, here's a message, but look at the issues it raises and let's talk about that. And what are you thinking about that? Because young people do reflect on these issues, mm. and, but often they need to you know, have some... Uh, so just some touchstones you know, to lead you in to think about things and uh, what's important in life. Well, it's been such a blessing to be able to catch up with you today. We really appreciate you uh, spending the time with us and uh, we pray that uh, God continues to bless you in your role uh, as a Chief of Defence Force in our nation and also the patron of the Military Christian Fellowship. Uh, General David Hurley, thank you so much for your time today. God bless you. Okay, Matt, thank you very much and God bless you as well. Thank you. Thanks for joining us on History Makers. If you'd like to hear this interview again, just go to historymakersradio.com. There you can download interviews, subscribe to the podcast, make a donation, find out about our YouTube channel, and maybe connect with us on Facebook and Twitter. Just go to historymakersradio.com for more. You know, the vision of History Makers is to share the good news of Jesus Christ through conversation to the nations of the world. Thank you so much for joining us today. I'm Matt Prater. Why don't you go and make history? History Makers.